Well, the first part of July, Baldwin submitted their annexation plan. And just because we submit it doesn't mean we have to do it, but we have to submit it so we can take advantage of it, if that makes sense. You're listening to the Baldwin Life Podcast, episode number 18. everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Ball and Life podcast. My name is Kirsten Hostetler and I'm the director of marketing and communication here at the city of Ballin. And today we're going to have a kind of a different episode where we're just going to do a roundtable discussion. I'm joined with Officer Scott Stevens of the Ballin Police Department and Director of Development and Assistant City Administrator Andy Hickson. So we don't have one particular topic that we're going to address today. We're just going to um, kind of rapid fire through a whole bunch of different things that are going on right now in the city of Ballin. So, Andy, why don't you get us started and give us an update about Old Baldwin Road? Yes, well, uh, as some of you guys know, over the summer, we the water department came in and put some new taps, ran a new line. Then we had Old Baldwin Road milled off, and we came back in and did it in-house, laid down some nice asphalt, and it should be restriped here pretty quick. You know, we, we appreciate everybody's patience with any construction, as always, and I think the road looked great. I agree. I think that... It's such a big project, and being able to do it in-house just really really makes it uh, a lot more efficient and addresses the citizens' needs in a really a, t- a timely manner. Well, and the nice thing about that is if we do it in-house, since we're, we're not for-profit, you know, we can do it cheaper than contracting out, and also we put a lot more pride into it because it's our guys going out there and doing you know, our work for us. I mean, it's, it's a better quality. It's, it's a cheaper overall cost, and it's just you know, good government efficiency when we can do something like that in-house. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, we'll keep on the same topic with the roads. Can you give us an update about Ranky Road? That's a project that will have started by the time this episode goes live. It started on April or August 13th, and it's going through basically straightening out the road, leveling off a little bit, and putting some new curb and gutter in there. It's a joint project with the city of Ellisville, so we're actually splitting the cost. And we are contracting that out, but so far it's going pretty pretty fluidly my favorite thing so far was the on day one when we looked to see what the start date was it was for 235.23 and i had to email the contractors hoping that we would be done by 4 235.23 so we that date doesn't exist yes we yeah. assumed it was a star date was that on the message boards i it think was. that came up in the staff meeting <laughs> it <laughs> was made up date so yeah we started off great but since then <laughs> we've really just kind of kicked it back in and that project's going to last about how long about two months. Okay. So I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that tra- it'll be open to traffic the whole time. It might be down to one lane, but... It will be. We'll, we'll be breaking it down to four phases, so it, it'll always be perpetually open. And, you know, just with all construction projects, we appreciate people's patience. Remember, it is construction zone, so don't fly through there if you don't have to. And I know we have some information on our website about that project as well, where you can see the maps and the different phases. I know we had somebody on Facebook asking us about that. Um, not too long ago. So feel free to check that out on our website and I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes as well. And residents can always call or email me. I mean, that's what we're here for is to sure. answer questions. And one of the questions I think some people might have is why are we splitting with Ellisville on this project? Well, kind of, a, it's a good question. Um, part of it is in Ellisville. Part of it is in, in Baldwin and it's just, you know, good collaboration with our neighboring city. Fantastic. So. Yeah, that's great. It makes it cheaper for both municipalities. We get mm-hmm. the work done. Yeah, that is a good question that we have heard from a lot of people. Um, how about City Hall, Andy? We are moving along with the construction of that new facility. Any updates that we can give the residents? Well, we should be completely sealed in or, or weather tight 
by September 20th. That means we can work no matter what. It's moving along. It's right on schedule. The structural steel's up. They're putting the roof up. I mean, it's it's rocking and rolling. So we couldn't ask for anything better. The superintendent on site is, you know, he's an angel in a job trailer. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and it, you know, it's a good company that we're working with. Great. Um, we'll keep people updated on that project as well. But um, so you said September 20th, which reminded me right away of that's the projected date where the Reese Road Bridge is also supposed to be completed. Yes. How about I, an update on that project? I uh, just got an email not too long ago. They're still on schedule. It's also supposed to be open to traffic. They won't be completed, but open to traffic on September 20th. They'll have to do some ancillary, you know, sod, stuff like that. But moving along, a lot of it was formed off-site. So, I mean, I know we've gotten some comments that it looked like that, you know, nothing was getting done. And then all the forms came in. And literally over a 10-hour period, it went from, you know, a big hole in the ground to it's starting to shave up and look like a bridge. So, I right. mean, they're getting ready to pour the wing walls. I mean, they're really, really moving along. Well, I think that's something that residents maybe aren't, they just don't understand. I know that's something I wasn't familiar with at all, like the whole prefab idea. So, can you explain what that is and why it, it is such a quick process once things come in? Well, we had basically like 10 concrete trusses, and they were fabricated off-site actually in Oklahoma. And when they do that, you know, they're working while our contractors are working at the same time to make these trusses. And then you pick, use a giant crane, you know, a hundred ton crane, pick them up and then drop them in. And all of a sudden you go from nothing to, you know, we have the base of the bridge formed and it takes 10 hours to do it. Right. And there's just a lot of work that goes in before they can be ready to bring those things in. So it might not look like a lot of stuff is getting done, but they're really laying the groundwork so that once those pieces are in place, they can move right along. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, Scott, can we transition maybe over to the police department and talk about some of the things that you guys have going on? Sure. Um, so our, our version of the grab bag discussion today is to, uh, first one we have is the, another, uh, session of the risky behavior program. Uh, this is one we talked in an earlier episode with chief Scott about, um, was right before the first one. And it's, a uh, it's more or less a, a presentation about, uh, risky behaviors that teens and young people, uh, but it's really pretty applicable to anybody, but it's it's focused on teens um, and even your preteens to some extent with their uh, risks of getting involved in drugs, um, alcohol, uh, any just any kind of these damaging behaviors and helps uh, parents and uh, guardians and people who love people to come in and talk and have real conversations with the police department, with um, professionals from drug treatment facilities, uh, this one is going to be on September 8th at 10 a.m. It's a two-hour program, and it's a, a sh solid two-hour. We don't go over two hours. We end it right at that time. Um, we'll be there afterwards to answer questions, but it's from 10 a.m. to noon on September 8th at Selvage Middle School. Um, we're really excited to be working with them this year uh, or this time to to bring this message to an area that's outside of the police department where maybe more people will feel comfortable coming and also uh, where – teens are and yeah. where the parents of these kids go and so we're, we're really hoping to have a, a great turnout like we did the last time uh, this program is put on by us uh, the police department in conjunction with the crossroads program um, which is a, a drug treatment uh, facility 
So can you talk a little bit about how it went last time? I know you said you had good attendance last time, but from what I heard, you had even more people than you thought that showed up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. So we have an RSVP system in place uh, just to make sure that we have enough seats available. Um, you can RSVP by emailing the chief, and that'll be on our website. It'll also be in the show notes today. Um, but we had a packed house. We filled our courtroom um, or boardroom area with, uh, people and it was a two hour long presentation with a break in the middle where people got to go and take a look around uh, some of the exhibits and things that the vendors that were there with information um, honestly the best part of it for me was the question and answer part which is the last maybe third of the program um, and the questions came from the audience they're anonymous you can put your questions in and um, the answers are just completely real from whoever is the best suited to answer that question. We had the chief, we had the drug treatment facilities, we had an undercover detective uh, who's assigned to the drug task force. Um, the, the answers that came out were just amazing uh, for the people and we got a lot of positive feedback on uh, this program and that's why we're really hoping to keep it going and get not only the information out there about what to look for but also what to do once you find these risky behaviors going on. That's what I think is the most encouraging that we had such a good turnout of people who are wanting more information about this and are going to be part of the solution. I know there's a lot of people who live in Baldwin, some community leaders who are passionate about that. So it's really cool to see the community getting on board and like taking ownership and being part of the solution to this problem. Absolutely. That's really cool. So what else you guys got coming up? Um, the other big thing we have coming up is the Citizens Police Academy. So we've been doing this for years. Um, it's generally been a 10-week program we've uh, kind of cut it down this year we're really revamping so it'll run from september 6th through october 25th this year um it sits on thursday nights we've generally done it in the past on wednesday nights and um we tried to we got a lot of feedback last year about maybe try a different date we have commitments on wednesday nights so we opened up a different date to try and get uh, more people involved sure. um, we still have openings so uh, please sign up you can find uh, the application on the website and in the show notes and um, what so they, we're they doing have to apply for that one yes they do have to apply okay. it's a it's a really basic uh, just because you're gonna be in it's a lot of hands-on uh, so you get to go into the police cars you get to ride with police officers you're gonna be in the police department um, so we do run a quick background check just to make sure that you're someone who should be in the police sure. department in a in an un you know not unsupervised but just a general way like that mm -hmm. and uh, so it's just a basic background check um, but pretty much I don't know that we've ever turned anybody away because um, we want anybody and everybody to come um, we generally focus on adults so 18 and older um, is there a maximum capacity is that part of the application process as there's well? there's a maximum capacity we do 16 people okay. um, just to, we try to keep the class relatively small uh, due to the hands-on portion of it sure. so um, we do a lot of role-playing we go to the range we go to the firehouse um, ride-alongs and it's it's a great opportunity to come and meet your police department see what police officers do in Baldwin but also just in law enforcement um, to ask any kind of question you want um, it's just a great opportunity to come and meet the police officers and to see firsthand what goes on um, and there's an alumni association afterwards if you want to still stay involved in uh, the police department and with the Citizens Police Academy. I didn't know you guys went to the police or fire station. There's yep. got to be some type of joke or something like that. <laughs> down there. No, well, we try not to wake them up, but uh, <laughs> so we usually try to call before we go. But uh, no, they're great. And it's 
it's a, a really nice part of it because you get to see they get to see their equipment and see how closely the organizations work together and really how much communication goes into us working with the fire department to make sure that uh, when we're on scenes together that everybody's safe and everybody gets their jobs done in the best way possible. Sure. Well, that's just good collaboration. I know Chief Krause is a friend of the show, so. Absolutely. He does a good job. Um, if you already mentioned this, sorry, but if not, is registration open for that now or when can people start Registration is open okay. now, so for both the um, Risky Behavior and the Citizens Police Academy. And then the other thing we have that's going to start back up here now that summer's over is uh, Coffee with a Cop. Um, we usually do, uh, we try to shoot for around one once a month. Um, sometimes it's quicker, sometimes it's shorter. So just watch the website, the Facebook page for the next Coffee with the Cops. Awesome. Sounds good. A lot of a lot of ways residents and visitors can get involved with the police department. So I hope that everyone listening will consider one of those ways to get involved and, um, and jump in and get plugged into the community. Hey, Ball and Life listeners, we're going to take a pause on this episode of the Ball and Life podcast for um, a first time on the Ball and Life podcast, which is um, a sponsor. I'm actually sitting here today with Dr. Beth Barnes of Turning Point Chiropractic, which is located here in Baldwin, and she approached us not too long ago wanting to advertise on the podcast. So we're really excited to um, let her join us on the podcast, and she really was excited to give our residents some value, some tip- helpful tips um, about how to be more healthy. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Dr. Beth for this health and wellness segment. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. So um, I do have to say I'm really excited because this is a fun way for me to get to reach the people that I haven't met yet. Um, I have several patients that listen to the Ballin podcast on the regular. I actually do, so I enjoy it quite well, a bit. thank you. Um, so... You know, the, um, the topic that I want to um, come at you with today is heart health. Now, we typically think of February as being heart health month. You know, okay. that's where everybody has the red shirts on. That's where uh, we see either um, ribbons or something commemorating somebody that has heart disease, somebody that's passed away because of heart disease. So it might be a sad month for some people, um, but usually it's a month filled with awareness. Um, now, it's August, so why are we talking about heart health in the month of August in my office? Well, here's why. Uh, August is only a few months away from the holidays, and a lot of people turn the holidays into holiday months. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so what that means is um, the largest amount of heart attacks are seen around the holidays. And so if you go look at the stats on heart disease and when we when we see the most people coming into hospitals and being picked up by ambulances, it's in the months of November and December and then the first part of January. So um, if that holds true every single year, then I don't want my patients or my town to be part of that statistic. So that's where we're, uh, that's where we're coming at. So we're labeling this month of August as heart strong. Heart strong. Yeah. I like it. So, like Baldwin strong. Like Baldwin strong. So heart strong. Um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people are like, well, um, I just have heart disease or I just have trouble with my heart because my mom and dad did. And uh, that may be true, but it's not necessarily because you have bad genes, but it's because you're doing the same things your mom and dad did. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, someone once told me, um, actually, it was it was Hippocrates, I believe, that said this. He said, 97% of all sickness and disease can be lifestyle related. Hmm. And so if we can lifestyle our way into a disease or a sickness or a diagnosis, then we can absolutely lifestyle our way out. 
Absolutely. That's so awesome. It, yeah, so it's being heart strong about this and realizing that there are certain things that we can do right now to prevent heart disease later. Um, another staggering thing is, um, did you know that five out of six Americans get diagnosed with heart disease or cancer? I did not. Those odds aren't in our favor. No. That only leaves one person of, of six people that are not going to statistically get heart disease or cancer. That's an uh, overwhelming number. So I just want to go over a couple stats here with you because when I was um, when I was doing research on this topic, um, you know, side, side note here, um, my dad had his first heart attack when he was 43 years old. Wow. 43 is way too young. And so um, that was a big turning point. Uh, one of the reasons why I named my practice Turning Point um, that was a big turning point for me in realizing that um, if heart disease and a heart attack can happen to my dad at age 43 years old, and he was the guy that was, you know, racing us, you know, in the yard, and he was the guy that was like riding the bike up and down the driveway because mm-hmm. our driveway is like a half mile long. Um, if he if he had a heart attack, then the people that eat worse than him, that exercise less than him, that do all of these other things that you would you know, think of as being unhealthy, then, um, man, they're already building heart disease. Right. So in total, the um, medical and then the indirect costs of heart disease is a staggering $555 billion. That was, in, that was a stat in 2015, excuse me, that was a 2015 stat. Now in 2035, okay, so just about, you know, a couple decades from now, 2035, that's hard to think of, but um, it's $1.1 trillion that our country. So what country, was the first one again? The first one was $555 billion Versus? $1.1 trillion. Wow. So those numbers are huge. Those numbers are huge. One death every 38 seconds from heart disease. Every 38 seconds. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been talking for about four minutes here. So you do that math, that's about nine and a half or nine about 10 people that have died while I've been talking so you know these numbers aren't meant to scare anybody but whatever it's going to take to get people to realize that they can put their health back in their own hands especially when it comes to heart disease you have to shake them to their core to make massive change so um people will always ask me in the office you know what can I do to prevent heart disease well, um, there's three key factors, three risk factors, Kirsten, that are going to um, contribute or put you on the highway to developing heart disease. And the first one is high cholesterol. We all know that. The second one is high blood pressure. We know that's bad as well. And the third one is smoking. Okay. Okay. So um, those are all issues where we hear them in the media. We hear our loved mm-hmm. ones. Maybe some of you listening right now are on cholesterol meds or on blood pressure meds. Um, and maybe you still smoke because nobody told you that you should not smoke on those medications. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, about half of Americans, uh, more specifically 47%, have at least one of these risk factors. And then five out of every six of those people will get heart disease or cancer. So that leaves a very small percentage of the people in your family, the people in your neighborhood, the people at your you know, workplace that aren't going to get something like heart disease. So here's some truths about heart disease, okay? Or some truths about cholesterol, excuse me. Um, we all think that um, high, any, any level of cholesterol is bad. All right, but then we hear of, you know, there's good cholesterol and there's bad cholesterol. So the truth um, about cholesterol is that the oxidation of cholesterol is what causes heart disease. So oxidation is really simply termed, um, if you ever bit into an apple and it turns brown, Mm -hmm. that's what oxidation is. Um, Air hits that, turns it brown. 
Okay, so that means it, it chemically changes that structure. Okay. So um, chemically changing cholesterol is good, what's going to cause heart disease. Okay. And there's risk factors for that. That's diabetes, that's being overweight and mm -hmm. obese, that's having a poor diet, that's not exercising, and that's drinking too much alcohol. Okay. Okay. Um, the other thing is, uh, listen to this other truth about um, heart disease. More people have heart attacks with normal cholesterol than elevated cholesterol. Really? Yeah. So when we look at that, it's... Um, it really boils down to the fact that we can't just look at one causative factor sure. of heart disease. Okay, so it's this huge, huge, huge um, realm of things that people have to do. Uh, okay, so the other, uh, the second, you know, risk factor is going to be high blood pressure. We know that you know normal is going to be 120 over 80. Those numbers have very specific um, meanings. Um, there's stage one, stage two, and stage three that people will enter into. Um, stage one is much like a watch and wait kind of situation, okay? So um, blood pressure fluctuates with um, emotions, it fluctuates with stress, it fluctuates sure. with food, with activity, we know that. Um, and then when we get into stage two, that's kind of when, um, when people look at medications or they get scared into losing weight or okay. exercising more, okay? Um, and then stage three is when we actually have thickening of um, the arteries. Stage three is when we have blocked arteries called atherosclerosis. Um, stage three is when we actually have heart attacks. Okay, so um, as with anything, there's good, better, and best. Okay, it's best for us not to fit into any of these stages. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, now, so uh, just to wrap this up here, um, how do we avoid heart disease? Well, in my office, uh, we base health on the five essentials. So I always say um, whatever you value in life must be measured. Okay. So if you value your finances, you're measuring them. Sure. Um, if you value your health, you have to be able to quantifiably measure it. Sure. And so in my office, uh, we measure health on a number of different variables. Um, the, the biggest... Um, the biggest umbrella that we're going to measure health is, is based on the five essentials to health. So in our office, that looks like nutrition, stress reduction or a mindset shift, exercise, and minimizing toxin exposure. And then lastly, um, but most importantly, that's chiropractic care. Mm -hmm. So getting adjusted regularly, okay? A lot of people don't realize that um, one chiropractic adjustment has the ability to boost the immune system up over 200%, mm. Okay. Um, so the best way to uh, the best way to be a part of that is just simply to call our office. Okay, so do you want me to give? Yeah, me? go yeah. for it. Okay, awesome. The number to our office is six three six two two zero three zero nine one. And I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as well, so people can refer to that if they are driving or someplace where they can't jot Good. down that number. We'll make sure it's accessible on our website as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me a part of this. I hope that. Um, at least one person gained a little bit of knowledge from this and um, uses it well. Yeah, well, we appreciate it a lot. Thanks for being the first sponsor here on the podcast. Uh, a few things that I have for our listeners today. Um, once this episode is out, we will have transitioned out of the North Point Aquatic Center to our fall and off-season hours or basically fall and school year hours is what it comes down to. So um, we're, that means that we're closed Monday through Friday out at the Aquatic Center and we're only open on Saturdays. Sundays and then Labor Day, um, which is a Monday, but that's the last day of the season. Um, and the reason for that is mostly because of the school year. Most of our lifeguards and staff are either college or high school students, and once they go back to school, we don't have anyone to staff the facility anymore. So um, we're open on the weekends when some kids have some free time, but other than that, we'll be, we'll be closed during the week. 
Um, so like I said, Labor Day is the last day, and after that, on Tuesday, so the day after Labor Day, which is Tuesday, September 4th, is the dog swim. Um, so that's basically where we give you the chance before we drain the pool, but after everyone is done swimming in the pool, where we invite um, all the dogs and all you pet lovers to come out and let your dogs take a swim at North Point. Um, it's $10 per dog, but all the spectators are free. So even if you don't have a dog, you want to just come watch the dogs swim. I guess we can't stop you. It'd be fun. <laughs> it's a really cool event. I, I it think it's a, a lot of fun. Event. And uh, if you're having a bad day, watching a dog jump in a pool is going to make <laughs> it better. Over and over and I mean, over, and maybe yeah. you can record it and just watch it on your cold, rainy days and snowy days throughout the winter. So Sounds like a good uh, video to post on Facebook, <laughs> yes. right? How's yes. your day going? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can make it better with North Point. Um, so that's one of the updates from the Parks Department. The other one um, is in reference to the point at Baldwin Commons. So that's um, our recreation center here in Baldwin. And we have an open house coming up in September for that facility where we run a bunch of different specials and promotions and it's free to use the facility. All the classes and fitness um, classes are free. Uh, just a great time to check it out if you haven't or to take advantage of some free opportunities even if you are a member. So that is coming up. That will be on Saturday, September 22nd. Uh, and that's all day, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. that we're open on Saturdays. So if you've been wanting to check out the point, that's a great time to do that. Um, and then another thing from the Parks Department is the Parks Master Plan is off and running now. So we have uh, a survey that's open that's live right now and we're looking for resident input um, in relation to our parks and recreation facilities. So which things do you want to see upgraded or improved? You know, what's mo most important to you if it's the point or the golf course, the parks? Um, it's just a survey that kind of asks all of those questions so that when we are planning in the future, we know what's most important to residents. I think that's a really cool thing to do and uh, everybody should do that. Go out and put your, put your input out there so that the city knows which way to go. Um, one of the fastest ways to get notified about these kinds of things is through the newsletter. Um, you know, sometimes these points are even just added on to the bottom of other other emails that come out. Um, so, you know, it just makes it a really a fun time for people to, and it's good information that comes out in those newsletters. And and that's a good point because, um, like, this podcast comes out every week. The Ball and Life newsletter. Um, Ball and Life magazine comes out only once a quarter, but there's lots of other ways that we're trying to keep our residents plugged in. So um, be sure to to check out the website if you want to get added to that um, that newsletter list because we send that out at least twice a month, um, making sure our residents are are in the know. Um, Andy, why don't we transition over into just a kind of a, a brief overview of the annexation plan that Baldwin is. Yes. We have our first public hearing on April 28th at the point, and it'll be a multi-city public hearing, but that's kind of our chance to not really so much sell ball one, but just present of why we'd want to annex, what would be the benefits, what's our, what's our overall game plan for the next 18 months. And who are we presenting to, or what does that look like? We're presenting to the Boundary Commission, and in, in essence, this public hearing is open for about the next six months. And so citizens can make a comment, you know, pro, con, for, against, however they feel about annexation. And this would be their opportunity to do it. Sounds good. Um, like Andy said, that's a possibility. So we just wanted to make sure residents are aware of what's going on on that end. There are a couple places that Baldwin has considered annexing. Like he said, it doesn't necessarily mean that's something that we will do. Um, but that is something that we want to make sure our residents are aware of. Uh, one more thing that I had on the list, which is... I don't know, arguably maybe one of the most important is the Baldwin Beer Festival, which is coming up in September, uh, which is September 8th, and tickets are still on sale for that, so if anybody loves craft beer and wants to come out and sample, it's an unlimited sampling for three hours, and tickets are available on our website. 
it's a really cool event too and one of my favorites in the town so it's nice to see just so many people come out and mm -hmm. uh, kind of get to relax and have a good time so, yeah i know i've participated the last two years and had a great time both times i i have not ever been able to participate i'm always working for that so maybe this year i'll be able to get off so. yeah <laughs> yeah i'd highly recommend it it's a, it's a really fun event we have live music and even if you don't want to sample beer you can come out to the park and listen to the music and just hang out with your friends as well so it's open open to anybody um before we wrap up is there anything else you guys want to add to this grab bag episode no i think this has been a lot of fun i like uh mm -hmm. Being able to get some of these things we've had kind of floating that aren't big enough for a full episode. So um, one thing that we've been talking about is to kind of encourage people to subscribe and to like and rate the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Um, and also, if you have somebody you'd like for us to interview or if you have a topic you want us to talk about, email Kirsten. Um, her contact will be on the uh, on the show notes or you can email any of us at any time or call us and we'd love to your ideas and help to make this the best for you because that's what it's all about absolutely well if there's nothing else we'll just say thanks for listening and until next time continue to enjoy the ball and life